Hello, main characters, and thank you for joining us for another episode of Snark Notes. We're now officially in season three, which is exciting, which means we're on the third book, um, or not third book, but third series, technically, um, which is Shatter Me by Tahada Mafi. And I gotta say, I love this book from what I remember. <laughs> I read this back in the seventh grade, and it was before I read The Hunger Games. And I fell in love with the series. I think this is what made me love dystopian for a while. Like, not just the trend that happened right after The Hunger Games. But I loved all this world building shit that was like, oh, the world's terrible. This is what it might be like. Like, I liked all of that. Um, oh, yeah, I'm Mal. <laughs> <laughs> I'm Paige. I'm Ariel. And today we're, so we're doing something a little bit differently Ariel's going to start doing the summaries. She's doing chapters 1 through 6. Paige is doing 7 through 12. Yes. I'm doing 13 through 18. So this episode is chapters 1 through 18, of course. Okay, chapter 1. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so nervous. <laughs> okay. She's been locked up in solitary. We we're thrown into it. She's been locked into solitary confinement for 264 days. She's getting a roommate. Are they out of cells? <laughs> I'm sorry, wait. I'm so nervous. Okay. <laughs> okay. Hold on, I guess it gets the giggles out because I don't have any delivery. <laughs> All right. Okay. She's been locked up by the reestablishment for an accident caused by her powers. What are her powers? No clue. But she thinks she's a monster, and so does everyone else. Also, her parents hate her. She's a teen. Same. <laughs> She's got a teeny tiny window to a very desolate world. The clouds aren't white. Plant life is entirely dried up. The sun and the ozone layer are have gone ballistic. Global warming has officially happened. She's got a notebook and a pen with ink that she's been rationing. She's been writing in this thing constantly. Okay, so we should talk about the way that she writes. Mm -hmm. So in the book, there's plenty of like redacted statements. Right, and it's like I was thinking, how would you hear this in an audio book? It's so good. Oh. Is it? Yeah. So she'll like, she'll say the thing, like a thought, and she'll, the voice actress is really good. She's like, she'll like spit out the thought, and then it'll have like a, a scratch out sound, like a pen to paper scratch. Ah, okay. It out. It's mwah, chef's kiss. So good. Even like during the dialogue when she does that? Mm-hmm. Okay. They do it. I mean, she redacts statements all the time. So it's literally like, she'll say something. It's great. Love it. Um... So I was also thinking, like, it's nice because it's not over the top. And, like, I feel like it gives characterization to, like, how she's, like, thinking about herself. So she's, like, okay, so I think of it as, like, she's, like, editing herself as she goes. Mm -hmm. um, like, she'll have an intense thought and then she'll feel something. And then she, like, immediately revises her statement. Like, she's revising herself. Right. Yeah. Okay. So whenever it's, like, happening, happening in dialogue, it's, like, she's hearing it in her head, but she's not saying it out loud. Yeah. Kind of thing. Like, she's, like thinking mm -hmm. it but she's like don't say that <laughs> like right it's all really specific stuff too like if you pay attention to the things she strikes out it's like like she's i don't know how to explain it but it's like she's training herself to think a certain way too yeah exactly like she's training herself yeah. it's like it's, it's anytime she has like an intense thought or like feelings or right. trying to be more positive really yeah with it. even yeah. though it's like this world is awful scratch that <laughs> Yeah. It's okay. It could be better, <laughs> but it's okay. It's okay. I'm not a monster. I'm not insane. Mm -hmm. I'm insane. <laughs> yeah. And it's like giving like a peek into her childhood. Like she couldn't step a toe out of line or like she'd be like corrected. Yeah. So I just wrote like she's a monster that has to control herself at all times. Um, she's internalized all of that and she's writing it in her journal and in her mind. Well, we also have to keep in mind that she's not been able to talk to people. Right. And, okay, I get confused about the timeline here because I know she said, like, three years ago she was taken from her parents, but she's only been in the cell for, like, 200 and something amount of days. I was confused about that, too. So, I don't know if it comes up later at all or she must have been moved at some point where she's not been in maybe the so. asylum the whole entire time. Maybe she hasn't she been was, here a year. Maybe she was an imprisoned in a prison first and then maybe she was moved mm. to an asylum. Okay. I could that's that. kind of maybe what Because she said the police officers took her. So that yeah. maybe that's maybe that's it. Anyway, sorry. So you're good. She goes to sleep after writing and wakes up to a boy. She goes, "You're a, you're a, b b b <laughs> <laughs> like what 
the fuck? I, I cringed so hard when I read that. And I was like, what the fuck is this? Like, this is like when I was in seventh grade and I ran into a guy for the first time. And I was like, what are all these things going on inside my body? Boy. He's like, you're a girl. He's like, yes. Was your education that bad? <laughs> Little freak. And it's not just any boy. It's a hot boy. It's a hot boy. <laughs> He's got tats and muscles, a chiseled jaw, ocean blue eyes, and dark hair. <sighs> Sounds like my type of guy. <laughs> she starts running around her cell trying to get the fuck away from him, but he, she can't remember how to flirt. Sorry, speak to anyone. <laughs> <laughs> Which honestly must be terrifying for her because she's one. She's a 17-year-old girl, and she's trapped alone inside of a four-cement wall where no one will touch her or help her out. And... It's with a guy. And if you yeah. know anything about men, they're kind of dangerous to women. They're like our top predator. Um, so. Yeah. And that's immediately how she takes it. She's like, why did they put a guy in here? Like, this is obviously to torture me. Yeah. Um, and it kind of is torture because he's kind of being a dick. <laughs> yeah. First power move he makes, he steals her pillows, blankets, and her twin size cell bed so that he can make a mega bed. <laughs> a mega bed. <laughs> Uh, that, that, I'm pretty sure that just makes a fool, but go off. <laughs> <laughs> it just wasn't big enough. Okay. And she has to sleep on the floor. She thinks he's going to kill her. And honestly, fair enough. Um, he tries to talk to her and ask for her name, but she doesn't give a straight answer. Chapter two. A protagonist likes the rain. She feels like a raindrop that hits the earth and shatters into a million pieces. Oh, look, our book, our book title. Well, she says, raindrops are my only reminder that clouds have a heartbeat, that I have one, too. Like, remembering that she's still alive. She's so sweet. Um, and traumatized. <laughs> her, parents, <laughs> her parents have abandoned her and don't think of her as human. Her cellmate is staring at her and homegirl is blushing. <laughs> I would be, too. He reminds me a tatted man with blue eyes I and dark mean, hair. Yeah. I'm blushing if you look at me. <laughs> he reminds her of someone she used to know, but she can't quite place him. He asks for her name again. She doesn't answer again. I'm getting annoyed, and so is her cellmate. She's literally so rude. <laughs> she doesn't answer any questions. No. She'll like either not answer flat out or she'll like revert the question and talk about something completely different. That yeah. must be so frustrating. I would be so frustrated. He assesses that she's afraid of him, which she denies. Liar. Knock at the door. It's room service. Just kidding. <laughs> it's breakfast, but it's gruel. <laughs> Slimy hot gruel. Cellmate burns his hand on the tray, and our girl has the audacity to say, you should have waited and listened to me. Bro, you've barely said anything. Yeah, you didn't warn him. Like, you're just, no. you, you're like, oh, damn, I meant to warn you about that. <laughs> <laughs> she's staring at the window and remembering animals. Very few are left in the world. She's heard stories of birds flying, and I'm lost. <laughs> okay, <laughs> what do you mean you haven't seen a flying bird? <laughs> well, it's that far in the future that the birds don't exist anymore. Like, they went she extinct. She knows what a bird is. Well, I mean, imagine she's seen them in, like, history books. Okay, this comes up later, which I didn't put in my notes. But she's like, it might be in someone else's notes. She's like, I remember Christmas trees and baby showers. Mm -hmm. And you didn't have flying birds? I'm so Yeah, because, I mean, traditions still live on just because you lose a few animals. No one really cares. I mean, that's why half the animals today are extinct because humans keep moving on. Like, nothing even happened. But there's no birds. Wait, is that what she so says? Confused. That she's never seen, she's never seen a flying bird? Or yeah. just now? She's never seen a bird She's never fly. seen a flying yeah. bird. Penguins could still exist. Which, how? If we're in a global warming <laughs> situation, how are they the ones that exist? <laughs> doesn't make any sense. Flamingos? <laughs> sure. <laughs> okay. She keeps dreaming about a white bird with gold feathers on her on its head. We'll find out more about that later. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's really all you get from that. Is right now, she yeah, dreams about that. Yeah. Uh-oh. He taps her on her shoulder. Uh-oh. Over her shirt, though. Okay. No one has touched her since she's been thrown in there, and she's longing for that. She gets kind of fiery about it. <laughs> she looks into his eyes, and she realizes who it is. Well, she doesn't. Redacted. <laughs> <laughs> she looks into his eyes, and she's like, I know you. But she doesn't know who. She can't figure it out. Um, her cellmate is concerned, trying to get her to eat, and doesn't know why she's being so weird. 
Our main character goes back to journaling about wanting to be a bird, which... <laughs> of all things you can be, They're why dead. the extinct being? <laughs> yeah. And he asks her about what she's writing and scratching out. She doesn't answer him again. And she's having some internal battle about how he's so close to her. She's thirsty for it. <laughs> she's touched depraved, but like, really. <laughs> he tries to get her attention again. She's like, don't touch me. But she wants it. And... <laughs> Can we talk about consent? <laughs> okay. Yeah. Like, why is he trying to touch her so bad? Like, a little bit of personal space. Come on. Um, I feel like she'd be into some CNC. What's that? Consensual non-consent. <laughs> it's a kink. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's, like, definitely, like, yeah, that's her in here. <laughs> yeah, that's her kink, 100%. She says, strange things, bad things, dead things happen when people touch her. Her mother and father couldn't touch her. And um, knock on the door. It's shower time. The door's open. Okay. Chapter three. Oh, wait, wait, wait. Okay, so okay. I have a few comments here. So she said at some point someone picked up the sun and pinned it to the sky again, but every day it hangs a little lower than the day before. It's like a negligent parent who only knows only who only who knows one half of who you are and never sees how its absence changes people, how different we are in the dark. Like... Moffy writes so beautifully. But then she has the audacity to write, Cellmate is wearing a navy blue t-shirt and khaki cargo pants tucked into shin-high black boots. Gross! Yeah, that's ugly. Why are you wearing that? <laughs> she also Change! I think she also puts it in this chapter. She says, the boots are a little too nice for this place. And that is foreshadowing, homie. Yeah, and then this girl thinks that this girl thinks this way because she spent so many days alone by herself and only her thoughts and her imagination to keep her going, which is why, like, the book is so detailed and, like, yeah. descriptive. And it, you're like, who thinks this hard? <laughs> um, right. and then nothing but in her head. Right. And then she, she says, I've been screaming for years and no one has ever heard me. And I said, ah, this quote gets me every time I love it. Mm. Like, that's such a good quote. Anyway, you can continue with chapter three. Thanks, Mom. Um, basically, all the gates in the prison are opened, and it's designated shower time. And she is really horny. Because <laughs> after is she, very horny. She wakes up. She's noticing every part of his body. She's like, his muscles mm. are shining off the cement walls. Yum. The brightest thing <laughs> I've ever seen. <laughs> Brighter than the sun. Shower? Like, yeah. this is steamy already. Okay. Cellmate's confused about it being shower time. Um, our main character tells him to shut up, grab his shirt and follow, grab her shirt and follow him through the dark halls of the shower. She like leads him around this prison with him grabbing her shirt, which is just like, if you're like radioactive, like you can't touch people, like you shouldn't probably be that close either. Like, I don't know. Like it's like very risky. It's like, like what skin, if he grazes you? Skin on skin can't touch. Right. But if it's through the clothes or through something else, it can. Right. But again, I wouldn't want him to be that close if I'm wearing that That's thin so ass close shirt. close to like an accident. Like, yeah, yeah. Okay. It's like using a paper bag with holes in it as a condom. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> um, she had to figure out finding out where the showers were all by herself this year while she's been locked up. And she's feeling oddly protective of her cellmate. She thinks she might know him from somewhere. She keeps saying that. There's no one else showering at this time, which our narrator finds odd. He asks her for her name, and she still refuses to tell him again. Just instead gives him shower instructions. If, in case you don't know how to take a shower, <laughs> here's how you do it. They have two minutes only to shower. They use the dirty floor soap, and they share it. It's cute or something. <laughs> I'm glad you pointed out dirty floor soap, because like at this point, isn't it better to just not use soap? Like I would just... <laughs> she said she like dug it out of the drain. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> How That's where they got to put it after they're done because it's like, like just... they won't be able to find it without. Yeah. I guess. How, how do you think she found that to begin with if she didn't even she know where the shower right. She was like, what do I look for? Ah, yes, the drain. I thought that... she had a bar of soap at one point and she dropped it. <laughs> she said, you do not pick up the soap. But even that, so she says like the first however long she was there, she never showered or anything she's discussing because she didn't get the rules. But how do you figure it out? You're just like, oh, let's randomly walk out of the door. Unless she had another cellmate at some point. She bags, I don't think she did. Maybe she did. I don't know. (laughs) I can't remember. (laughs) She brags about having the most efficient shower routine. 
They redressed. It isn't spicy at all, um, even though it should be. She makes a specifically big deal about it not be about them not being able to touch, and she leads him back to the cell. My question is, what happens if you take a longer shower? How she tried it? Does something bad actually happen? <laughs> I think th- I think she said they'd shoot you or something because you're supposed to be back in your cell after a certain time, and if you're not back in your cell, then they shoot you. Okay, but like she hasn't seen anyone. Also, she just hears screams. So I'm kind of convinced like this is a fake prison and like <laughs> everything's recorded. <laughs> like I don't know. Like I don't. She hasn't seen anyone. She hasn't seen a single person. I don't know. And maybe she had another cellmate. Maybe. Um, her cellmate is still hogging the blankets, but she but he realizes that she's cold. Our protagonist wishes he would touch her, um, but she redacts that thought and she says no one should ever touch her. Her cellmate apologizes, said he's sorry for being an asshole, and introduces himself as Adam. He gives her her bed and blanket back. She keeps thinking, wow, Adam is such a nice name. It's not. It's really it's not. not. <laughs> Chapter four opens. We get to her writing, I'm not insane, and scratching it out about a hundred times. Rough take here. Maybe she's she is insane. <laughs> <laughs> like, really, though. <laughs> it kind of makes me think. <laughs> I don't like, and maybe it's just because, like, in this one, it's over and over and over again, and obviously it needs to be done at some point. But, like, the scratches, like, it happens before the statement's even finished. No, I liked it. It it wasn't at first. It started, like, in the middle. Yeah. That was, like, intentionally chaotic. Okay. Gotcha. Like, overlapping. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I don't know. Love it. (laughs) Okay. Um, Oh, but it's just a dream. Uh, she was having a nightmare. She's initially unsure if she was screaming in her sleep, but based off of Adam's face, yep, yeah, she was. <laughs> Our narrator wishes she had never, she never had to sleep. She realizes she's stolen both of their blankets back, which honestly, good for you, girl. Um, Adam says, <laughs> "Ask if she's all right," um, but she's confused about his sincerity. He says, you're not insane, which confirms he definitely heard her screaming that. <laughs> which confirms that he definitely thinks she is. <laughs> what you say to someone who's like, oh, yeah, you no, you're not crazy. You're, it's, you're not crazy. You're fine. You're not crazy. <laughs> and then you slowly back away <laughs> yeah. and run from the fucking room. Right. <laughs> That's what you tell a serial killer before they kill you. Like, they're like, I'm not crazy. Like, no. No, you're not. You know, you know. But if you could let me go, <laughs> that would be so not crazy of you. <laughs> <laughs> right. Um, so he's, like, trying to comfort her and, like, be nice. And um, they start talking. And he says that he initially thought they locked him up with a psycho. And she says, funny, so did I. Which, girl, has got jokes. <laughs> like, he laughed at that. Um, so he smiles. And she's adoring. She loves that. Um she offers his blanket back to him, and he instead wraps it around her. Sweet. Cute. He asks her what's wrong, sh- and instead of answering um, everything, that she's never had a friend, that her parents hate her, that they wouldn't touch her, um, she instead says, nothing. Good answer. Good answer. Good answer. Don't he- drum. Don't, don't do not do trauma <laughs> bonding just yet. No. He asks to sit closer to her, and despite really wanting him to, she refuses. Then she notices he's shirtless. Ooh. <laughs> and she's absolutely on fire looking at his powerful muscles. She's never seen a shirtless boy. <clears throat> she asks him if he wants his blanket back. And he says, no, I'm burning up. And she's a- she immediately ac- accuses him of being sick. Adam says, he's not sick. He just usually doesn't sleep with clothes on. No, he doesn't. Ah! <laughs> <laughs> and she gets butterflies. He's being courteous to her, um, but he's a little freak for that. And the author is definitely teasing us. Yeah, definitely. (laughs) He apologizes for being a jerk yesterday. um, And she realizes that he's been thinking about it all night. He asks, why won't you tell me your name? And she says that her name is Juliet. Here's my comment here. Juliet, yeah, you ever hear of that love story, Adam and Juliet? (laughs) 
<laughs> she was up on a rooftop calling out, Adam, oh, Adam. And then he brought her an apple and said, eat this. And then she was naked. And he said, where are your clothes at? And then he <laughs> passed out because he'd never seen a naked woman. And she thought he was dead from looking at her body. So she jumped off the rooftop and he woke up and he was like, oh, no, I shall also die. And that's the story of Adam and Juliet. You are so stupid. <laughs> okay, but for real, though, I don't know. I assume names mean something to every author. So, like, why pick two very, like, prominent, like, very specific names with, like, such a specific literary background? Like, if I remembered the rest of the story, I would tell you. (laughs) (laughs) I only remember, like, certain quotes that I literally wrote down because I was like, oh, that one stood out to me and I remember it. Is there going to be a little star-crossed lovers moment? Is um, is Adam doing something forbidden? Ooh. Is Adam going to get naked? <laughs> is Adam going to get naked? Adam would like to get naked. Yeah, probably. He sleeps naked. Chapter five. She says she doesn't know why or remember when it started. She just remembers her mother and father screaming when they realize they could not touch her. She says her parents used to lock her in her room, tell her to be grateful that they don't throw her out. Her parents used to use a yardstick to measure the distance they needed to keep between them. Um, Her parents repeatedly told her that she ruined their lives. Julia says she tried so hard every day to be what they wanted. Also, she's a flat earther. Yeah, I wrote down this quote here. (laughs) You got it. It's It's a really good quote. Okay. Um, so she says, I only know that the scientists are wrong. The world is flat. I know because I was tossed right off the edge and I've been trying to hold on. She's had really, I like the theory that she's a flat <laughs> She's so abused. I um, wonder, I didn't think about it r- like the first time reading through. I didn't think about it too hard because you don't know what her powers are yet. But now I'm like, okay, but what happened? Like what made her parents realize what her power they is? They touched her one day and it. But then her, wouldn't her they mother. be dead? I just don't understand how it, like, turned on. I think they just briefly, like, raised her. But, like, I don't understand how, like, it, one day it's one thing and the next day it's another. So I guess we'll get into that. But we don't know yet. Um, She's staring at the window. It's winter right now, and she prefers the winter. She says she hates the summer and the sun because it's unbearable. She also says they don't really have seasons anymore, which is kind of confusing. I guess it's, like, Louisiana. <laughs> Yeah, one day it might be snowing if you're lucky, like once every seven years, and then the next day it's hot as Satan's balls outside. Yeah, for right. Real. It's 72 degrees for Christmas. Yeah. The plants and the animals have almost entirely died out, which has caused um, starvation, and it's why the reestablishment took over. They promised to help, but more people have died from the reestablishment than they have starvation. She says specifically more people have died from like a gun bullet to the head than yep. starvation. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Adam asks her about food, and she tells him that it's inconsistent. She thinks maybe she'll die today. Redacted. She thinks maybe a bird will fly today. More about her bird. Not redacted. (laughs) Not redacted. (laughs) Adam is shocked that the asylum doesn't treat them better. Um, I don't know why he's so shocked (laughs) Yeah, why is he shocked it's an asylum? They're locked in a cement cage. Okay, and he's like, they're not eating me a five-course meal? What the (laughs) fuck? They wouldn't tell you where the showers were, but you're surprised by this. I got a two-minute blackout shower with some (laughs) dirty floor soap, and you're going to tell me they're not going to feed me breakfast every morning at three in the morning because they don't tell us what time it is? (laughs) He asked her about her parents, how long she's been in for, why she looks outside, and Juliet is kind of annoyed and giving him one-word answers. Yeah, she's like, why is he asking me all these fucking questions? Like, shut the fuck up. Like, ma'am, you have not heard someone speak in right. how long? And you're like, damn, he talks so much. <laughs> she's so antisocial. <laughs> Adam insists that he's not insane. Okay, um, that's what a crazy person says. Right. Too. That's what she said, too. Yeah. Um, Juliet asks what it's like outside, asks if it's worse, and it is. Adam reveals that the reestablishment is a liar. It became an international movement. All the countries are united. Um, all And all of the um, habitable land is now controlled by a designated person in power. Um, she remembers that the protests, she remembers the protests and starvation of the rubble. He says that the reestablishment is destroying everything, removing all art and literature. 
He doesn't mention the English language at this point, which is weird, but yeah, that comes up next chapter. Um, they hear a knock. It's Brecky. Um, so they, <laughs> they get breakfast finally. Uh, Juliet asks Adam why he's not insane, and he won't tell her. Why he's here if he's not insane. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> tell her. Why he's not insane. <laughs> why are you, why not insane? you insane? <laughs> yeah, how are you not insane? So he, they're both in an asylum. They're both not insane, supposedly. Um, but yeah, chapter six. Two weeks have passed with Adam. Um, and Adam is adapting to life here. Julia can hear the soldiers outside crunching in the snow, and she wishes she could get out. Pollutants mutated the creatures. Um, she's been dreaming still about her flying white and gold bird. Um, and she's been dreaming about this bird for 10 years. So, yeah, she's just never seen it. It's definitely bird. some symbol that we're going to see at some point. Yeah. <laughs> Adam asks what she's writing and if it's a book. And she says, no. Um, she's looking at his eyes and she's, like, confident that she knows him. Adam reveals that um, it's good that she would be writing at all um, because they're going to destroy the English language in favor of a universal language. The reestablishment wants to destroy everything. They want to destroy everything that supposedly caused the downfall of humanity. So literally anything and everything consumerism wise, they're kind of destroying anything that could have been the cause of the the ozone deteriorating. Yeah, the English language. <laughs> they want no individualism whatsoever. Yeah. So like no culture, no multiple languages, nothing. Nothing to cause a rift. They like, kind of want like a one mindset kind of thing. Yeah. He says it's good that she'll be writing things down since it'll be illegal one day. And Juliet is horrified and begins tremoring. Um, Adam is touching her back above her shirt and she is yearning for it, wanting him not to be afraid of her. He's gentle with her and pulls her into him with the blanket between them, of course. And she shatters. She loves his warmth. Um, and he tells her that she'll be okay. Despite every want, she pulls away for his own safety. She begins panicking, saying, you can't touch me. And Adam is upset. They start fighting, saying he doesn't want, he doesn't understand why she won't talk to him, won't look at him, why she writes in her book all day and won't speak to him. And she says, you think you know me, but you don't. Um, you just, you can't touch me. And he says, um, maybe I want to, which hot. <laughs> Do you think that the way, the reason why she yearns so much for someone to touch her is because later on we learn like whenever they touch her, it's like she feels like their life force coming into her. Mm -hmm. You think that's why she also yearns it so much is because like that part <gasps> of herself. She's is hungry. Like, yeah. Like pulling for Ooh. that life force that it gives her that power that they get, that it gives her. I didn't think about that. Yeah. Probably. Yeah. That's probably a cause of it. So he says, maybe I want to touch you. And then mm -hmm. she's like, maybe I don't want you to, which consent, consent. is important. But <laughs> he takes that badly and he's like, you're so disgusted by me. Oh, no. And then there. Yeah, it's it's tense. He gives golden retriever energy, but like slash dragon. I see that, and I agree. Because, <laughs> you know, like, how to train your dragon type dragon. Not like, not like, roar, I'm a dragon, but like. <laughs> right, right, like a pet dragon. Yeah. yeah. Juliet remembers where he's from, and it's been three years since she last saw him. So chapter seven starts with Juliet remembering how life was when she was ten. And that's the only note I have on that, and I feel like there should be more detail about what life was like when she was ten. Probably is bad. This, <laughs> is this when she's remembering, like, Christmases and baby showers and stuff, though? Probably. So yeah. she was about ten. She was at least ten, so within the last seven years is when the world got weird. Is that what the seven years thing may be? Maybe. I can't remember she said yeah, when she was seven that it... The re the reestablishment took over, or seven years ago the reestablishment took over. I think it's seven years ago the reestablishment took over, which is when she was ten years old. Yeah. Juliet also admits that last night the memory of his arms around her was enough to scare away the screams. How romantic! She, she falls in love fast. You're right. <laughs> First voice she sees. She but she remembers him. So I mean, technically, you uh, know. Yeah. Yeah. She thinks touching Juliet is nearly impossible, which is interesting because all of a sudden she's writing slash thinking of herself in third person. Like that's the first time she says mm. her own name, mm -hmm. which is also interesting that it's right after she tells him her name. Or why was she so slow to offer up her name? Like it's not like her name is detailed information about her. 
Right. Like, well, could it be I, that she's not even thinking of herself as a person that she's just, like, doesn't want? Yeah, I don't think she sure. thinks it's necessary for him to know. She doesn't want him to get friendly with her and then accidentally touch her. Like, get too comfortable with him. It makes I sense. mean, with her. So. We learned that she was 14 when her parents got rid of her because authorities and doctors were advising them to do so, suggesting that Juliet was a weapon and a threat. She was dragged away for a murder she didn't know she could commit. So did you she? Know, still still okay. manslaughter. So maybe did her parents separate with her three years ago and then she committed a murder a little less than a year ago? No, they, no, because she was taken away because of the murder yeah. three years ago. Like that was one of the reasons is because of the murder that happened. Yeah. Okay. She also kind of admitted, so like the way she says it here, it's like she committed a murder she didn't know she commit. So that's like, well, did she do it? Because she doesn't. She know did it. She powers. just didn't know that she yeah. was able to do that. Yeah. Um. Oh, all of a sudden, people with guns swarm into their cell, shouting orders at them. Juliet thinks that this must be why Adam was put into her room because it's finally time for them to kill her. Someone makes a comment like she's not even crying, which seems odd. Like they're paying specific attention to her and how she's reacting in the situation. They drag her away and she thinks, I hope they kill me soon. So like the first seven chapters or the first six chapters were all kind of like you see her hopelessness and this darkness in her and Mm -hmm. stuff like that. But it's here that she's like, I hope they kill me soon. I hope they kill me. I hope they just kill me. Like starts popping up a lot. And that was like. You're like, damn, this bitch is lonely. Yeah. <laughs> this yeah, bitch is depressed. Like, okay. She's finally, like, seeing people, and she's, like, actually getting out of her cell. And she doesn't, like, s- like hope doesn't spark. No. She's like, let's die now. The, the only hope that comes to her is, like, maybe I'll be dead. Right. Yeah. Chapter 8. It takes two days for her to wake up. A guard walks into the room and tells her to get up to bring her. Er, to get up, he's bringing her somewhere else. She's hoping that Adam is okay. When she notices that the guard has tattoos just like Adam had. Yum. (laughs) Then Adam steps into the doorway. Adam is a soldier. Yum. (gasps) What? (laughs) So I don't. There's like this question mark. Like what is going on when you read it? But it also isn't that shocking at the same time. Yeah. Or was that just me? No, it it wasn't much shocking. (laughs) I mean, I was like. (gasps) But not like. (gasps) Yeah. (laughs) Right, right, right. Like, it's more confusion. Like, okay, what's going on here? Um, They're kind of maybe trying to interrogate her, but they're doing it really badly. She isn't totally surprised with the Adam situation. She said she's heard of things like this happening. They send guards to spy on people. She just doesn't understand why someone was spying on her. To his credit, Adam seems kind of tense with the whole situation. Like, he's not a willing participant in what's going on at all. The chapter ends with the guy in charge, at least it seems that way, saying, I have a proposition for you. The blonde hair, green eyed beauty. Is that what you got from that? Mm-hmm. Is that the guy in charge that you're talking well, that's about? How she immediately describes him. The Draco Malfoy look alike. Okay. Who's green eyed instead, like absolutely in love with them already. She is tripping over these men. She I said, spot. I've seen more than one wait, man. Wait. And I, I spot. I spot a love triangle. <laughs> I love. Wait, can I we say that? I do. I do think she. Does wait, can that. we? Can we really quick? We forgot to call out the tropes that we've seen so far. So forced proximity. Mm-hmm. Uh, one bed trope because right. <laughs> mega <laughs> bed, mega bed, mega bed. Um, love triangle right here. Maybe we'll see. Maybe maybe enemies to lovers. Oh yeah, enemies to lovers. Yeah. 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 Are you being for real? Yeah. I don't like that you've read this already because I don't know what no, you No, no, no. I got that too from remember. this conversation with the blonde haired guy. Yeah, definitely enemy blonde haired beauty. We can yeah. bring this up in a few more chapters. But Was it not there's more Warner? Points. Okay. No, it's Warner. Okay. Ooh. Anyway. <laughs> okay. Um, oh, so my question, because I was like, okay, where are my thoughts right now? At the end of, of chapter eight was, so does Adam know why she's there? Why do he keep asking her? And then in chapter nine, no, Adam doesn't know, but Warner does. He says he knows all about Juliet as he's read all of her files and knows all of the complaints made against her. Mm, He's obsessed with her. (laughs) (laughs) He really is. He only sent Adam in as a way to make sure she's not totally psychotic. 
<laughs> yeah, put your put your worst enemy into that cell He's and be in like, the front maybe lines. Maybe he maybe she'll fucking kill him. I don't like him personally. Oh, is that it? He just doesn't like him. I don't know. I was just I don't think com- so. making commentary. Yeah. yeah. Um, the proposition he has for Juliet isn't really a proposition though, because she doesn't have a choice in the matter. Warner assigns her to Adam, making her his responsibility, and that he has, and saying that he has to break her. She's too feisty. I really can't see Warner as any younger than twenty five. She mentions she describes him. Well, she mentions that he looks about her age, which is seventeen. Any younger? No, you mean any older than twenty five? No, I can't. I can't imagine. I can't imagine him being seventeen. I only see him as being twenty five. Yeah. Um, like the way he carries himself and like the same goes for her though. Maybe I see her as being like 21 to 22. Um, 17 just feels like they were trying to squeeze her into the trend at the time with like the angsty teen in a dystopian world kind of way. Yeah. Because like she says he looks about my age, which is 17 again. I can't imagine him any younger than 25. This doesn't work. If he fits like a 25 year old. (laughs) Yeah. I, I agree. I didn't think I about he it was that older. hard. Yeah, I was picturing him as older now that I'm thinking about it. Yeah. I didn't think about it that hard because I didn't think we were supposed to like him. And now you have me re-guessing my oh, decision. No, we're supposed to like him. You know, like anyone, there's no way. Anyone who treats me wrong. <laughs> Kiss on the forehead. Exactly. <laughs> Fallen in love. Uh, anyway, sorry, continue. Juliet asks, why don't you just kill me? And Warner tells her that'd be a waste. Plus, it'd be a shame to lose such a pretty face. He's giving Gross. me Reese. He's giving me Reese vibes. Wh- chapter, first book, whatever. Yeah. Yeah. I hope you regret saying those words. I won't. I don't think I will. Are we being serious right now? I'm not going to reveal anything. Okay, I don't know anything and this is what I think. <laughs> I feel like I need to go back and read all over again with a different mindset. You guys have opened this my This dude eyes. is gross. <laughs> <laughs> Ariel's team bad guy now. Hell yeah, Ariel. Hell yeah. <laughs> team Warner over here. Chapter 10. Adam leads her, leads her out of the room and he tells her they're going outside. She hasn't been outside in almost a year and basks in the rays of the sun. He leads her to a vehicle to bring her somewhere else, and she starts to notice the state of the world. Old houses are all destroyed, and now people are living in carelessly put-together compounds. They were told they would be temporary until the reestablishment could come up with a plan to reshape the future. It was just to appease people until they started to give in to the ideas of the reestablishment and believe that this was the better way of living. Which, to be fair to the reestablishment, they're like, oh, we put up these things for people to live in until we get it sorted out. Free housing! Free housing, A, no homeless. Um, B, <laughs> they, <laughs> it takes time. <laughs> like, they've only been in power for, like, seven years. Seven years. They moved them, like, not that long ago. Like, since she's, they have 3,333 3, sectors they gotta take uh, take care of with over 8 billion people in them. It's like, it's gonna take a while. Okay, so let's keep going before <laughs> we jump on this bandwagon. That's what, so there are so many rules. No more dangerous imaginations. No more prescription medications. All of the sick are the, in the asylum. I'd be fucked. Uh, the old were discarded. No, you'll approve of that. I, I do like that. I do like that. Get rid of the old. What are they here for? <laughs> Only the healthy could live in the society. No more languages and stories and paintings. No more holidays or religion. Selfish needs and desires had to be destroyed. This would all save the human race, they said. Yeah, it's like it's like personal convictions except for their own. Like right. I don't I just don't think this reestablishment is very human. Like I don't feel like a human came up with it. I feel like like Sophia the robot is the one <laughs> is the one that came yeah. up with it. Well, Chat like- GPT was like, Yeah, this is a good idea. <laughs> Chat GPT is a reestablishment. Yeah. I love it. <laughs> yeah. No one show him the book. <laughs> No one tell chat GPT what shatter me is. God. They eventually pull up to a building that is ten times bigger than the asylum in the center of civilization. It is the political headquarters. Adam helps... Of what? The world? I don't know. (laughs) Of Sector 45. That's that's literally all she says. Um, Adam helps her out of the truck before she pulls away. And then before she pulls... Oh, he helps her with his arms around her waist. And then she's like, oh, my God, he's touching me. And she pulls away. 
and follows him inside. Why don't they just put her in long sleeves? <laughs> and gloves. And gloves. Right. Like, yeah, glove her up. Just cover. Why is she so scantily clad? Scantily clad. Chapter 11. The first line in this chapter is so good. I'm so prepared for unimaginable horror that the reality is almost worse. Oh my gosh. What this is, is so such great? a sad chapter. What is the reality? Wealth. But in such disgusting displays. I had the page number and I meant to bring my book today and I forgot the book. Um, so I'm sorry. I can't actually read the paragraph. I should have well, checked it out. Well, there's a quote that's in this section that's like, they filled our world with weapons, aimed at our foreheads, and smiled as they shot 16 candles right through our future. And I was like, that's some powerful shit right there. Yeah, and then... Because she's 17. <laughs> she says, so many people must have died to sustain this luxury. Um, they gave all of these empty promises, but they stole everything. And here is proof of their corruption. Which is like the wealthy people and then... Right, right. The wealthy, like, you can't have all of these desires and wants and its base needs and all this stuff, but look at our headquarters. We have marble floors. Yeah, look at how fancy our shit is. Right. Juliet literally breaks at the side of it all. She tells Adam, you can kill me. You have guns. You can just kill me. He takes her to a new room where they are alone inside. Juliet tells him to leave and he says he can't because she's his assignment. He tells her to wash up and change for dinner. The bathroom is the only place there aren't cameras. Yeah, my comment here was he has to live with her, LOL. What happened to cameras? Oh, they have cameras. (laughs) (laughs) And then again, oh my god, this chapter's so sad. Yeah. (laughs) Because what happens in the bathroom? Um more forced proximity. (laughs) And one bed. Continuing. (laughs) Juliet is relieved that Warner doesn't want to hurt her and wants to give her dinner. Adam says he'll show Juliet the bathroom even though she doesn't need his help. She follows him inside and this part's kind of confusing and I'll read like the note I have and then you can clarify on it. Because she follows him inside and he's kind of just frozen in place. He turns to face her slowly looking everywhere telling her to be quiet. She starts panicking thinking that Adam's going to hurt her. And then once he realizes what her what has her panicking, like the idea of him hurting her, his eyes are wide and his jaws on the floor. He swears a couple of times and does the frustrated guy thing, hitting his forehead and then like with his palm and then walks out of the room. But what had him acting weird in the first place? I think he was like the notebook wait, is that the bathroom later. bugged? Oh. No, the notebook from that happens later that he gives her the notebook. He yeah. was trying to tell her something and then she freaked out. Oh, okay. Oh, uh, he okay. Yeah, which is why later on he points to no, the No, but he dress. was acting so weird about it. I thought he was like looking like like he heard something. Like he was like looking Mm-mm. around the bathroom. No, he yeah. was trying to tell her something. Gotcha. Okay. And he wasn't able to tell her because she thought he was he was going to assault her. Gotcha. Okay. And then he just gives up and leaves. Yeah. Which is such a sad Yeah. This this chapter was sad. Yeah. He was like I no, I was not gonna hurt you. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, chapter 12. Chapter 12. Thanks. Thanks for the reminder. <laughs> hey, you just lost it. Let's Batman. start here. Warner. No, no, no. I was just thinking. Warner oh, is haven't... seated at the head of the table like a true villain. Love it. That is not how the chapters start. No, but that's that's how it should start. <laughs> Team Warner. She takes a fancy shower. <laughs> a fancy is, shower. And is thinking about how she can't be bought with nice shampoo and conditioner. I could. Hey, you should. You should be. It's not a drain soap. I'm, I'm easily purchasable. <laughs> when she's done, she gets out and looks at all the clothes in her armoire. They're all the they are all the perfect size, so it seems like they've been waiting on her for a while. Um, I love a Beauty and the Beast arm, beautiful dresses, armoire filled room. I want that to happen to me. <laughs> okay. Not in captivity. Ariel. <laughs> Ariel wants her tamling. Good to know. <laughs> she wants to be taken in captivity, and but given nice things. Fall in love with nice the dresses, nice shampoos, and shampoos. But he can't actually keep her in captivity. No, he has to fall in love. <laughs> Adam is back and tells her to get dressed, and then leaves the room. She doesn't. She'd rather stay in the. But he's like that purple dress would look really nice on you. That's, that's next. He doesn't color that here. No, he, he does. does. He's like oh. purple dress. That's the one. Oh, she just actually that. wears it next time. Yeah. Okay. 
They go to the dining room where Warner tells her to eat and calls. Oh, wait. She puts on her ratty prison clothes again. Her rat eating prison clothes. (laughs) Girl, I know those stank. Like, you just took a clean shower. You just took a shower with not dirty soap. And you're going to put on those dirty ass clothes again that you probably pissed in. She's just being defiant. Yeah, but it's annoying. (laughs) Be defiant. Be defiant in nice clothes. Appreciate the pretty clothes. Um, they go to the dining room where, okay, Warner's sitting at the head of the table. Like, like a true lead. villain. <laughs> um, Warner tells her to eat and he calls her love. She yeah. refuses. Reese. That's your name. That's your name. I know you were dying at this part. You're like, yeah. <laughs> I don't know why you haven't been. I don't know. I don't, I don't know what the fucking problem I... is, but you need to figure it out and you need to get it the fuck together. <laughs> what did I read wrong? Everything. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, she says, I'd really rather die than eat your food and listen to you call me love. <laughs> Warner randomly fires his gun into some food and drops the gun on her plate. Have this for dinner. <laughs> <laughs> he tells her to choose her words wisely because with no because with one word from him, her life there won't be easy. Adam pushes the plate towards It'll her. It'll be hard. Adam pushes the plate towards her and gets her to eat. And Warner says maybe he needs to get Adam to do all of his work. Then comments on what she's wearing. He, he looks at Adam annoyed every time he says, oh, you'll do it if Adam says it. Yeah. He's super jealous of Adam. 100%. She, I think you need to go back and reread. I don't know. She says she likes her clothes, but he says, no one asks what you like, love. Now eat. I need you to look your best when you stand beside me. And what does that mean? Reese. This guy is awful. <laughs> no, it's hot. It is. <laughs> it's so hot. <laughs> no, because, okay, listen. You forget she likes the gym bros. Cassian. <laughs> yeah, not really uh, thought out. Yeah, she doesn't really <laughs> give a fuck if they're evil or not. Okay, but here. Here, here. No, there's I already have my theories on what this all really is. Huh? At this point. Actually, I did it in the interrogation, but at this point, it's clear to me what I think it is. Uh huh. I think Warner is has infiltrated the reestablishment. He's a rebel. So is our guy. What's his name? Adam. Adam. <laughs> you forgot Adam. <laughs> I was called Sam. <laughs> Same thing. Another basic name. <laughs> so is Adam. It's a very small group. He picked Adam. He's done his research on Juliet. She know he knows that Adam and Juliet know each other. I didn't want to say that. But Warner is. Do you know how many memes I've seen about Warner? (laughs) (laughs) And I have not put it together. (laughs) Anyway, there are many. Supposed to like him? Yeah. He. It's all for show right now. He's because there's other everyone he's around. He is is not part of the rebellion. He is literally like a book talk favorite boyfriend. Mm -hmm. I'm telling you, we're going to like him. Why? Well, guys, because he's playing the other side. But he has to do it in front of all these people. Chapter 13, Warner is taking her to a room this time. Adam has gone with some soldiers and Warner tells her he doesn't want her to hate him and that they'll only be enemies if she lets him be. And she says, yeah, we will be. Um, he suggests that she reconsider, specifically tomorrow night, and to wear something nice this time. She asks his first name, and he's shocked, and then he makes it weird because he's like, he, he, he went to know my name. Um, and she's like, I was just asking, dude. You made it weird. Um, he then draws a finger down her face and says, I'll tell you mine if you show me yours. Her powers. He's got gloves on. Yeah, he does have gloves on. He's covered, like, arms and... He's prepared. Yeah. He goes to take off his glove, but she doesn't want to hurt him in any way that in a way that she can't control. Like if she's gonna hurt him, she's like, I want it to be under my control. I can't control it this way. Um he's like, Oh my god, I'm so flattered that you don't want to hurt me. But anyway, um he calls for Jenkins and gives him an order saying never to let go of this girl because she's uncooperative and Jenkins understands that this order is a setup and Juliet starts running. She's like, she doesn't want that guy to touch her, but that's a direct order from Warner. Warner has so much power. Like, he, you have to do whatever he says. Yeah. Not because we like him, that. but, like, 
It's like, like so Jenkins, good. Jenkins doesn't have a toy. He has a bark and a bite. Like he has a bite to his bark. He yeah. will shoot you in the head if you say no. Uh, my theory is because I think Warner's a good guy, um, low key. That Jenkins probably did something bad that we're gonna find out later. Um, Warner's calling out orders like catch her, get her, whatever. Jenkins reaches her, and then the second that Adam is spotted in the crowd of soldiers that are running after her, she tries to put her arms and and legs in her clothing to protect Jenkins. Um, because she doesn't have any protection, or because he doesn't have any protection. She says not to touch her, and Warner's yelling that, that it's a direct order, training a gun at Jenkins' backs, at, at Jenkins' back, and says that he has to touch her. And Jenkins is like, it's not that I want to. And so he does, he grabs her, and that man is in pain. But she feels alive on the inside, and hates it, like, hates every moment of it. She's almost draining their life and filling herself with it, basically. She says that there that she has to be the one to break contact, and she is kicking and screaming, but he is a dead weight on her. And she finally breaks for him, and she is begging for someone to help him, like screaming down the halls for someone to get him up and, and help him. Um, Warner's then there trying to calm her down um, while she's sobbing, and then he orders some soldiers to take care of him while scooping up her up into his arms and taking her away um, to yeah. take care of her. He's, like, not afraid of her, uh, her at all. Like, he tried to... It's like he likes... To see the, her powers. Yeah. I think he wants to touch her, too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he does. Chapter 14! How are we going to accomplish this? I don't know. I do. Um, <laughs> yeah, you're not really touching. <laughs> it's like raw dogging. But it's so thin. Fair skin. Fair skin. Um, so chapter four. Trojan endorsement. <laughs> <laughs> chapter fourteen. Sponsor us. <laughs> chapter fourteen. She wakes up and Warner's staring her down, um, like over her, literally. And she starts to try to fight him, but he catches her hands and holds her down. She says that she hates him, and he's like, "Bully me again. I'll come." Y'all were fangirling this <laughs> oh entire time. Oh my god. Yeah. yeah. I think you need to reread. We can see right through this. It's so yeah. it's obvious. Um, he has brought her food. She doesn't recognize the room she's in. Like, duh. You've been in a gray room of concrete for the past year, and who knows where else you've been for the two years before that. Like, it's his bedroom. Why would you recognize it? You wouldn't recognize it if you woke up in that same room you woke up in yesterday or that you went to yesterday. What the fuck? <laughs> like, it's his bedroom. <laughs> it's his bedroom, Ariel. Oh, yeah. Uh, I love it. Anyway, he's trying to give her water and explain what happened, basically apologizing for putting her through so much on the first day. He's like, oh, sorry I put you through so much, but I'm not sorry what I made you do. <laughs> so I, sh- I should have done that, you know, over time. You know, make you torture people fast, over time. Fast. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, should have just shot the, the hen and dropped the gun in your plate for the first day and that's it. <laughs> um, then he says he cares about her and she gets so mad and she calls him a monster he claims he's only trying to help her, and she calls him a liar, which he's like, true, but can't let you go. Sorry. <laughs> like, I am a liar. You got me there. Um, she says she doesn't want to kill people for him, and he's like, yeah, don't need you to do that. Um, I do that well enough myself. That's why my father lets me run the sector. Um, he kills people for power, to which he says she does too. Uh, hence why it took her so long to break the connection with Jenkins. And she wants to know why he needs her then. And he doesn't answer. Just offers her food again and she doesn't take it. She starts asking question after question after after question when he is trying to leave to let her rest. And he just isn't answering. Which, you know, payback for her not answering Adam's questions, I guess. Um, He's like, now you know. It's annoying. Um, Then he blows out a candle and leaves. And that's how chapter 14 ends. Chapter 15, she is in a memory of someone asking her to kill herself and it being the first time she actually considered the question. Which, whoa, sad way to start a chapter. Um, She says that she always hoped that if she did the right things and said the right things or nothing at all, her parents might love her, which is what we were talking about earlier. Um, Warner is back in the room. It's morning and she realizes that she's in she's asleep in his bed and starts blushing but refuses to really look at him for a moment until she notices the ring on his finger he takes her looking at his hand though as a sign that she's going to try to touch him and he gloves up 
Um, it's time for her to go back to her room, though. Is he married? No, it's a ring on his pinky. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, I don't remember this part. <laughs> Um, she didn't eat the food that he left for her last night, so she's dizzy, so she forces herself to eat, and he's sighing in disappointment, and I'm screaming on the inside, because he's like, you need to eat. He's trying to take <laughs> You know, like, when your boyfriend's like, you have a headache, well, have you eaten today? No. Well, then Did you drink prob- your water? Yeah, that's probably why you, you need to eat. Like, so have cute. you eaten today? No. <sighs> really? <laughs> I love it. <laughs> I love it so much. <laughs> um, anyway. <laughs> so cute. <laughs> it really is. Uh, when she steps out of his room, though, she notices that all the soldiers on guard are gone. Oh, wait. No, they're there. Um, that's later on that they're gone. She notices how many soldiers are on guard for his room. Yeah. And they seem to tighten their grip on their guns whenever she walks past. And Warner tells her that their fear will work in her favor if she lets it. She says that she never wanted them to be afraid of her, though. He says it's either that or they hunt you. He says he's protecting her by making... He was protecting her by making her touch Jenkins in the first place. That they knew the power that she holds and what she could do if anyone tried to touch her. And this angers her. Um, She's ready to talk back when they make it to the elevator, but he... He corners her in the elevator. (laughs) And she just says, Yes. I did it to protect you from my own soldiers. There's a lot about this world you don't understand. And she wants to touch his lashes. <laughs> um, she says that she's trying to understand, but he says that she's not trying to understand, actually. He says um, he understands that his soldiers hate him and that many would want the position that he's worked so hard to have. And she hits him with the don't flatter yourself. Like, you haven't worked that hard. You're just killing people. And then he gets even closer to her face and I'm squealing. Um, (laughs) and once again, he says that he's trying to help her, but she says it's only by hurting me and others. Um, and then he just laughs coldly and looks at her with disgust before telling her to get off the elevator and change. Um, he grabs her hand and is like, see you in an hour, bitch. And she's like, the one person not scared to touch me is a fucking monster. Um, then she sees Adam at her door because he's like, you'll do what I say unless you want to see that again. And because she sees Adam at her door and she's crushed because he knows that she, that she knows that he knows what she can do now. Um, he won't even look at her whenever she approaches and he shakes his head when she reaches for the key card after he doesn't move. And she thinks it's because he's scared of her, but it's not. She realizes what Warner was talking about whenever he was like, I I don't think you'd want to see that again. He's been punished for her disobedience. He's hurt badly. And he tells her to wear the purple dress, kind of like a plea, actually. Um, And she thinks I will be the perfect mannequin for him. That was sweet. Sad, but sweet. Chapter 16, she grabs the purple dress and she's wondering why the purple dress, when she feels something under it, it's her notebook. He saved it for her. Um, She goes into the bathroom realizing that he was trying to tell her something and she had scared him away. There is a new sentence for him that says, it's not what you think in the notebook. Warner is not late and he doesn't knock either. He's just like, I'm coming in, bitch. What'd you make of that, Paige? What? It's not what you think. I'm so confused. I don't know. What do you mean? (laughs) Paige looks heartbroken right now. (laughs) Continue. We'll talk about this at the end. I feel like I'm reading it for the first time. (laughs) With me telling it like this? Yeah. What the fuck? (laughs) Okay. So she accuses Warner of hurting Adam. And he's like, yeah. And you shouldn't care. But of course you do. Of course you do. Fucking Adam. He's jealous. Fucking Adam. He's jealous. Yeah, Is that he, really how he said it? Or are you writing yeah. fan fiction? No, no, no that's really, how he said he it. He really but. said, and you shouldn't care either, but of course you do. Did you read? I did. But this, dude, I, Warner was like a, oh my God, that's disgusting. I hate you. Oh. She doesn't say anything else to Warner after that. Um, but the thought of Adam Hurt is painful to her. And she's struggling. She said it's like, str- it's like struggling to swallow a toothpick. Like, girly, you're not supposed to swallow those. (laughs) How did you know how that feels? Like, don't eat those. 
I think, <laughs> I think she's really hungry. I'm the normal one in this situation. I don't think you are. And I think you just have a psychotic tendency <laughs> for bad guys. I don't. Think I think you're we're wrong. Su- I think we're supposed to like Adam right now. If you say so. I think we're supposed to. Doesn't mean we do. Hinted at. I don't think I'm the wrong one in the situation. That's what I, I was getting are, at. But it's okay. <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> um, she asks where they're going, but of course he doesn't answer. He says he likes that dress, slips an arm around her waist, and says that it helps distract him from answering all of those questions that she has. She says, your poor mother. And then he stumbles, like literally is like tripping, stumbling. What you mean, my mom? Yeah, he's like, what do you mean? And he's like, what do you mean? Like, literally, like, I don't, like, she's like, bro, it was a joke. Um, He loves his mom. But he runs towards the elevator and doesn't wait for her to catch up. And then they go down several floors to an unfamiliar exit, which, of course, it's unfamiliar to her. And he says, welcome to your future. And that's the end of chapter 16. Chapter 17, it's sunny. She's outside. And she is almost stumbling over. She's like reaching for the sky like she'll be able to fly away after he says that they have some business to attend to. And he's watching her and smiling um, while he's watching her. He's like, so this is what makes you happy. And then she speaks freely like, nice weather we're having here. Um, (laughs) And then he pulls out a gun like, oh. I guess it's bad weather. (laughs) Um, And he's like, just kidding. This isn't for you. Um, She asks again what they're doing at the courtyard. And he waves her forward to see every soldier in the building standing 15 feet below, 50 lines of them in a single file. They're all in black and gray. And she realizes how crazy it is that she's wearing color. He pulls out a mic from his pocket and calls out Sector sector 45, and they all move on command, and he says they have two matters to deal with. One, Juliet. And then he asks Jenkins to step forward, and he's like, he met her last night, and everyone seems to know what he's talking about, like what she did. Um, And then he says, you should be welcoming her, and they do. They all fall to one knee, and he makes them stay like that for a while, and then he says the second matter. So Jenkins is alive. Yeah, Jenkins didn't die. Is he fine? Like, what? Did we get more description? So on she her? says when they touch her, it's not that they instantly die. It's just like she has to be the first to break connection so that they'll be okay. They're just in excru- excruciating pain. It's like torture. Yeah. So, but he's fine today. Yeah, he didn't die. Is he injured? Like, I feel I like mean, we don't get uh, enough description. I mean, I imagine he's in a, a little sore. Okay. <laughs> but we're not in his body. We're in yeah, Juliet's we're not, like, body. Bones or okay, fine. <laughs> Like, I'm just wondering how quickly this works. No clue. Do you have liver damage? Like, what? <laughs> Nothing happened? Um, then he says the second matter is Delalu. <laughs> Delalu? I, I remember I don't thinking know. that and reading Delulu, and I was like, yeah, Delulu <laughs> is Delulu. a problem. <laughs> um, but they have a report for them. He pauses for a dramatic amount of time, enough to make people squirm, and Delulu... Um, steps up and says that they have a charge against Private Fletcher with people believed to be rebel party members. Um, he was found on unregulated grounds talking to them. Stole food and supplies that were originally for Sector 45 citizens to give to the rebel party members. He doesn't deny any of the charges and Warner just pulls, pulls up his gun and shoots him in the head. Chapter 18, he's dead. Then Warner dismisses the sector and has to yank Juliet from her spot. He just says, damn, you need to eat more. (laughs) And then she's in shock. She's like, you killed him. And he's like, yes, very good observation. And she's asking why he killed him. And she's about to pass out because she's just so distraught over this. But then the wind slaps her into her senses saying that. And then she says that he disgusts her. He pins her against the door, his thumb against her cheek, and says, well, life sucks. Go to sleep and eat. <laughs> she asks where Adam is, and he flinches. And he asks, why she, she, he asks why she cares so much, and she turns his orders back on him. Like, isn't he supposed to be watching me, or what? You'll kill him, too? And he's like, please, I only kill people if I need to. 
He then says Adam will bring you to me tomorrow. In the meantime, try not to kill anyone. And she's like, you and I are not the same kind of person. My disease is not the same as your insanity. And he's like, please, you're not diseased. You have a gift. You have potential. And she's like, I have none. I have none. I want no potential. And then he's like, you're wrong. And she's like, well, you're the murderer, so you must be right. Um, and he's like, just go to sleep. And she says, go to hell. And he says, working on it. Love this. Love this. Love this. Love this. Love the back and forth. Love the little go to hell. I'm working on it. Love the little, well, you must be right because you're the fucking murderer, bitch. And he's like, well, you're a bitch. Go to sleep. I tell you what to do. (laughs) It's so quirky cute. I love it. Also for my audiobook girlies, um... They sell this one for one credit, but you get three books. On the Audible. first three, yeah. So sweet. Love that. I don't think Warner likes Adam. I don't think he likes how close or how much Juliet likes Adam. True, because otherwise, why would he send him him specifically in her cell? Because he, uh, he also did his research on Juliet and knows that Juliet knows Adam. Yeah. Oh, does he know that? Yeah, yes. he's done his, he's he's done done his, his research. research. Is Adam He's pretending not to remember her? Probably. Or maybe he no, doesn't he... remember. Well, yeah. I think Adam has some advantages that Warner maybe doesn't have. You know what? I don't think I'm going to let you phase me, Mal. I'm not rereading anything. I'm going forward not liking Warner. Yeah, no. <laughs> Go ahead. And let's see how that goes. Anyway, that's it for today. I really like the way this reads. It's really quick. So if you're thinking about reading this book, I recommend it. Because like, especially if you're wanting something like a quick read... This has actually been pretty quick. Like, it, it wasn't hard to read at all. It was very, like, smooth. And I don't know how to describe it. Like, it wasn't, like, very fluffy. Like, we're used to in, like, Sarah J. Moss's for sure. words. <laughs> and for something that requires the world building that this does, it's, like, it's still very straightforward. You're just kind of sucked into all of it. And you're figuring it out as she figures it out. Which is the kind right. of reading I like, you know? Right, because she's been trapped in a cell for these many years or trapped in a room for this many years. So, like... Right. It's still very new to her, so she's learning it, but not in, like, an overly complicated way. It's still the world that we know. It's just, like, worse. Well, if there are no any, if there are no other comments, I guess we'll end it here, and we'll see you next week, main characters. Bye. Bye.